What you're listening to is my newest single, Whispers. It's live on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, all that jazz. Um, appreciate it if you would support it. Give it a uh, listen. Give it a share if you like it. Uh, again, Spotify, Apple Music, all of the above by searching Zach Tompkins, Z-A-C-H-T-O-M-P-K-I-N-S. The song's called Whispers. Spread the word. Hope you like it. Do you want a true champion's perspective? Well, come on over to the Bolts broadcast, where we talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning, have some friendly banter, and of course, hockey name of the day. If you pronounce it, you can get it. Anthony Nunschwander. Ah, you didn't pronounce it right. Anthony? Anthony Nunschwander. It's it's N-E-U-E-N. It's Neunschwander. Anthony Neunschwander. Dude, I always slept in German class, so I don't know... I don't know how you expected me to put that together. Come on. You only took it for four years. I took it for two. Took it for two years? Oh, no. Jado yeah. took it that long. I, I took it for two years and was, like, asleep in all of German, too. Oh, you, you, you only took it in, in uh, junior high. You didn't take yeah. it in high school at all. No. Yeah, she sent us across the hallway, and it was, like, me... And I don't know five other people, and all we did was just goof off because it was an empty room of just us. While she was too busy yelling at you guys because you guys were a terrible class. <laughs> no, we weren't a terrible class. A couple people were terrible people. Uh, not going to mention names. Not going to call it anybody in this pod. It was Chase Crawshaw. It was hundred <laughs> percent not me. Oh boy, I know a couple of those names, but uh, yeah, it's a good point, Chase. We won't mention those here. New episodes every Monday. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What is up? Welcome back to the Canes Train Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Another new episode for you here. Um, turn myself up here. This week, as you know, the draft is taking place uh, tomorrow if you're listening to this on Monday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, if you're listening to it on any other day or not, because it's happening on Tuesday, Wednesday, regardless of what day you're listening. Um, but uh, I got to speak to, I should say I had the pleasure of speaking to, Matt Sama, he runs the Canes Prospects account on Twitter. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar. He's got a lot of followers uh, for good reason. Guy knows his stuff. He's a great guy. Uh, I appreciate the fact that he took the time out of his day to talk to me for a little bit. Um, and we just kind of ran through, you know, our thoughts on the draft. He, he gave a lot of knowledge on some potential picks for the Hurricanes could look out for. And we answered some Twitter questions 
as well. So um, all in all, I feel like it was a great episode, and you know, I'm not going to dilly-dally anymore. We can get right into it. Although I do want to mention, if you didn't listen to the very beginning of the show, because you skip things because you're a, a, a jerk, uh, <laughs> my new single is out. It did come out. No problems. It happened October 1st. It's called Whispers. It's on Spotify, Apple Music, etc., etc. Amazon, like anywhere you could stream music, it's there. Um, I would really appreciate it if you uh, would give it a listen. Share it if you like it. Uh, if not, perfectly cool. I know that music isn't for everyone, so it's all well and good. We're still all friends. We're not, and it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter either. Uh, it's fine. You don't have to be my friend. But here I am doing my thing regardless. Um, and the other thing I want to kind of promote real quick before I get into the actual episode is that I have begun a series of um, covers on YouTube. So, you know, popular songs or songs that I might enjoy. Um, I'm going to be putting up some covers. The first one just went up uh, yesterday. If you're listening to this on Monday, it went up on Sunday. Uh, it's a cover of the song If the World Was Ending by J.P. Sachs and Julia Michaels. I'm sure you know it. Uh, so go check that out as well. Uh, just trying to promote, 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 you know. So if you want to be a, a volunteer promoter for me as well and, you know, give the videos a, a share or a, a like and a comment and all that sort of stuff, that would be awesome. So that's all I got. Let's get into the episode with Matt runner of the Canes Prospects account. All right, I've got with me here Matt Selma, uh, runner of the Canes Prospects account on Twitter. Matt, how's it going? Doing well. Uh, excited for the draft coming up. Uh, should be a lot of fun for the Canes. Yep. For sure. And as we're speaking, uh, or as this comes out, I guess I should say, because we're speaking earlier than it comes out, and that's how time works, um, the draft <laughs> takes place tomorrow and Wednesday, uh, virtually, of course. Uh, first round will be on Tuesday, and then you know the following ones after that. Um, Hurricanes pick thirteenth in the first round, so you know not a not a pick that statistically gets you you know game changers usually, but still a top of the uh, you know top half of the first round, which is good to have for sure. So I just want to start by kind of giving thoughts. Uh, I guess in general about the um, just draft philosophy and like what kind of players should you look for where uh, sorry lost my train of thought <laughs> draft philosophy you know are you looking for certain positions are you looking for a certain skill player uh, are you Tom Dundon and saying we don't draft defense and goalies in the first round all that sort of stuff. So, um, what what are your kind of thoughts on you know what what kind of guys the team should be looking for, or are you picking best available? Or are you looking for a certain position? Like, are there needs to fill? What what are your thoughts on that? So I can tell you right now. I mean, well, and this is kind of an obvious thing that the Carolina Hurricanes are not going to be picking a defenseman in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Tom Dundon went out and said that we'll never be drafting a defenseman in the first round under his watch. I don't know if that's entirely true. I think maybe in a little while, like, you know, a couple of years, they might consider it once, you know, our decor ages. But right now, even in this, especially in this year's draft, this is the worst year to draft a defenseman in the first round if you're not picking in the top 10. Right. Because um, you have Sanderson and Drysdale who project as, you know, solid top four, maybe even top pairing defensemen. And then you have Ghoul and uh, Schneider from the WHL. And that's it. Like, there's a couple guys that, you know, might be late round, late first round picks, but that's it. So, 
As far as defensemen go, I think we can cross that off the list. I think you can also cross a goalie off the list, and I'm already just going for the throat for Canes fans that right is, there. You're, the sound you're hearing is just the jaws of every Hurricanes fan on Twitter dropping. I can already hear the keyboards just, uh, <laughs> just clicking, clicking and people's fingers, you know, just cracking, getting ready to go. But yeah, and it's not because I think the Hurricanes will pass on him. I think it's actually that the Hurricanes won't be able to pick him because he'll be picked before then yeah i think i've seen i've seen new jersey's name tossed around there and yes they have blackwood but if you have the option to draft another possibly better goalie you gotta do it <laughs> yeah i mean why not right i've also heard minnesota and i think i think it was nashville as well uh, as teams that could possibly look for him because with nashville uc Saros has been eh. Mm-hmm. And they may look for a solution and goal in a couple years. And so I don't think Askarov will be available by the time the Canes pick. I don't think they should trade up. So I think the best thing you should look for is a forward, preferably a left wing, because I'm looking at the depth chart right now. And yes, in the AHL, we have. Okay, no, we really don't actually have any wingers. Never mind. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we have Dominic Bach on the right wing right. in the um, pipeline as far as unsigned prospects. We've got a couple Finns, we've got Slepets, and then we have Pustola on the left wing, but that's mm-hmm. it. Like The Canes could use a winger on or at pick 13, and I think they'll go with the winger, either Quinn, maybe a guy like Amirov, or if neither of those two players are available, maybe they shoot for another center, but I definitely think you're looking at taking a forward here because, I mean, Don Waddell on Zoom today said that he thinks the need for forward is still pretty great, you mm-hmm. know, and he's not wrong. I mean, the Canes have a lot of talented center prospects, but as far as the wing goes, you don't have a ton. Right. And, uh, you know, the thing about, and I talked about this last week too, and it's kind of why I said, you know, I can understand why, because first of all, when Tom Dundon makes a statement like, we'll never draft uh, you know, a goalie or a defenseman first, you know, in the first round, like what he really means is <laughs> probably not because, you know, if there's like a obvious, this guy is just a generational talent and he's there for you. Like you don't skip a guy like that. Uh, but at the same time, it makes sense to a degree when you already have a good decor and uh, a lot of prospects in that position because, and I mentioned this last week, 12 forwards, right? 60, two goalies, but one really that you're looking for. So, I mean, if you're going to take a shot at the dartboard, a forward is the one you'll most likely get a best return on. So, like, if you're taking a... A first-round pick is a is a obviously a great thing, but it's also a risk. Like, I feel like the risk of your pick is higher the higher up you pick because if you, if you miss on a first-rounder, like, that's going to hurt. In a couple of years, um, not having that guy come up is going to be, you know, you're, you have to find that from elsewhere, uh, whether it's a trade or acquiring a prospect from another team and hoping they come up because otherwise other teams develop past you. Um, and, you know, having a higher risk of, of missing, like to me, it makes sense to shoot for the biggest pool of players that will likely play for you. Um, I'm also of the camp, though, that best available um, to an extent, of course, if you have a you know, if you have a dire need and the best available um, position that you think you need is 
within reach, then it probably makes sense to go for that. But I would also argue that um, why not trade down? You know, if you think that if the best available player at your pick, uh, especially in a high round, is a is a Ford, or there's a guy you're looking at that like this guy fills a need for our team, um, but you know he's projecting to be picked twentieth, and we have the ninth pick. Like, why not trade down to twentieth and get yourself another pick later, another dart to throw at the dartboard? Um, that's just kind of how I feel about it. You know, what's wrong with stacking up strength? Also, like, uh, take yeah, all I the mean, strength, right? <laughs> But um, if you have more darts, you're going to be bound to hit something. A hundred percent. And I guess we, you know, you touched on Askarov. I have a, a, I'll sprinkle these in throughout if they come up. But I have a question from actually one of my good friends on Twitter at AJ underscore Patterson. He says, if Askarov is available at 13, should the Canes take him? Which I guess is a a better, you know, uh, conditional question because I think you and I, and even talking before we started recording here, we both agreed that he will likely not be there um, mm-hmm. for reasons you mentioned, but I mean, like, look, I can scroll down this, this draft board and uh, let's see, New York, Los Angeles, Ottawa, Detroit, Ottawa, again, Anaheim, New Jersey, Buffalo, Minnesota, uh, maybe not as much Winnipeg, but Nashville, Florida. I mean, can you, do you know any of those teams that wouldn't at least like the thought of having <laughs> improvements in goal? Like to me, the there's only just, team I could see not having or not, having a need is uh, the Rangers because they have those right. two young goals. Two, two, but even yeah. then, well, they also, you know, they're picking first overall and they're going to pick Lafreniere. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. you know, not that's, even, at not least, the question. <laughs> that's at least, you know, a given here. But if by some miracle, uh, Askarov is available at 13, he's immediately the best player available. So mm-hmm. I think the Canes have to pick him. But do we think he will? Do I think he will be? No, I, d- I don't. And I will. I would love for the Canes to draft a franchise-defining goaltender. But the point I keep thinking about, or at least coming back to, is Askarov won't help the Canes for at least another two years because his contract with Ska doesn't end until 2022. So the earliest he could come to the NHL is the fall of 2022. Oops, I hit my mic. <laughs> I do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's but a yeah, great point. So like, he's just a, the Canes have a need for goaltending now. Yes, Askarov fills a future need. However, Waddell also made a point today, and it was actually kind of funny. And I, when I say today, I mean Thursday mm-hmm. on the Zoom. He he Way made a point saying last year we drafted a goalie in the second round. He was referring to Kachikov. Mm-hmm. And this is a guy that obviously the franchise picked him, what, 36th overall? So they're pretty high on him. And so, you know, they have a goalie that could be ready in a year or two already. So they have the pieces in the system that I think could make the need for Askarov a little lower. But again, I just, I can't see them picking him because I can't see him being available. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to throw this out there just from what I've heard from, you know, people around the team, whether it be Dundon or, um, you know, people who have talked to the uh, draft personnel and the amateur scouts for the team. Even if he is there, I don't think they pick him. 
And I think that's in large part to the confidence they have in the guys like Kachetkov uh, last year that they picked. And I believe, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe they even traded, and I think they might have traded down, but they traded for that pick. Um, and they had back-to-back picks, I believe, in that second round. So seemed like a guy that, you know, they were they were looking at. So, um, you know, goalies are just... If I recall correctly... They kept, so they had picks 36 and 37. They kept 36 and picked Kachikov. And they traded 37 that's and right. drafted, oh God, I think it was Reese and Honka with that trade. Yep, that's right, that's right, yeah. Um, but, you know, I feel like anything above the third round, if you're picking a goalie, um, it's a goalie you think pretty high of um, because, mm-hmm. you know, the real elite, like top end, like the, everybody thinks this guy's going to be really good. Um, those are the goalies you talk about going first round. I mean, a guy like Spencer Knight last year was a guy people brought up in that kind of category. Um, maybe not to the same degree as um, an Askarov, but um, you know, a second round goalie pick, like you, know, you should you should pour some development into that. And mm-hmm. he's a year ahead of of where a guy they drafted this year would be. And you know, they have other guys in the system. And whether or not they ever you know quite pan out to the degree you you want them to, like I don't know that you get full-time starting goalie out of any of the prospects that the Hurricanes have, but it's, it's a possibility. Like they have, it's not like they have no one, you know? Um, and even a guy yeah, like they Alex have three goalies. They have three goalies that aren't signed that could be NHL goalies in the right. future. Yeah. And th- this is my opinion, but I really like Jack LaFontaine. I really like Itu Makiniemi. I think those could be guys that maybe could see some NHL time, uh, assume, assuming they sign because I mean, both of them are in their last years of uh, eligibility with the team, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And out of those two, Makinami is going to be the one to play most of a full season. Right. Because LaFontaine and the NCAA, it's kind of up in the air right now. Yeah, different league for sure. You forget about those uh, some of those European guys sometimes. Like uh, I almost forget we have guys and then uh, i'll hear him brought up and i'm like oh yeah that guy and uh McNamee is one of those is one of those guys that like kind of you lose track of and then you're like oh that's right we do have that guy like and it's encouraging like all these prospects that the canes have um overseas as well uh is great but yeah like they they have what i would consider a pipeline of goaltending prospects like it's not a dire need and so for me in the first round like you have other needs um and any goalie is the least likely likely position to pan out the way you want it to because, like I said, it's one guy uh, that you're hoping to be the guy, and you know there's 31 of those guys in the entire world, um, mm-hmm. and so it's just it's like it's like drafting a quarterback, you know, unless it's a really really top end guy. Like a lot of them play, but not a lot of them end up the way you would have hoped they end up. Even even the high end guys that you were like, this guy's going to be amazing, and then he comes and he's like, oh, he's not bad, but, um, you know, he's not, he, he maybe not worth what we used in an asset of a draft pick to get, and we could have got something else or traded and, and gotten more assets for it. So, um, I don't know. Goalies just make me nervous, I guess, because they're such yeah. interesting, interesting players. Like, even the best goalies in the world can be so inconsistent. I think about, like, a Carey Price or, like, a Pecorine. I mean, like, these are guys that are, world-class talented um and you know Rene's getting up there and you can argue kind of his career starting to depreciate as far as just normal aging out of your your talent goes but 
um, these guys have bad years, like not even just off years. I'm talking bad years, like not good at all by anyone's uh, imagination. And they're some of the best in the world. And so like that happens to the best goalies. Like it's just so difficult to find a a true guy that is just steady as a rock. Like it's a reason why, um, you know, I I think guys like I'm always high on like Andre Vasilevsky because Mm -hmm. he just, you know, he's, he's not always the absolute best goalie, on the ice every single night, but he's always really good. And he's just, consi- he kind of, you know what you're getting from him. Like, I'm not saying he never has bad games, but just his consistency is impressive. So um, that's just so hard to find. It's, it's really like, it's, it's a, it's a really rare thing to get. So it's risky to me. Yeah. And also just to bring it up, Askarov isn't the only goalie in the draft either. Right. And what? you know, this, this draft may not have, like uh, a dynamic one-two of like last year when it was Knight and Kachikov. But this draft still has, there's Askarov, there's guys like Jan Bednar from uh, the Czech Republic. There's Blomqvist, who's playing in Karpat right now. There's uh, Brett Brochu from the London Knights, Cali Klang, who's one of the better Swedish goalies in the draft, Drew Comesso from the NTDP, like just to name a few. And those are guys that, you know, could be NHL players in the future. So like if the Canes don't land Askarov in the first round, it's not the end of the world because they have options. They have seven other picks after 13 to draft another goalie. Exactly. So, I mean, it, it, it would suck. It would suck if they can't land the potential franchise goalie. But again, it's not the end of the world. And you can build your franchise around a free agent goalie for a little bit if you don't have a homegrown goalie yet. And honestly, most teams do, right? <laughs> I mean, you look at a team like the Penguins that drafted Marc-Andre Fleury first overall, and then he just rolls with the team for a long time. But that's not the norm by any means. Teams just drafting a a ringer and having that guy start for them for a lot of years, like goalies bounce around a lot, even the good ones. Um, and so to me, it's much more important to, to home grow your, I mean, don't get me wrong. If you can find that homegrown goalie, that is an asset for sure. But homegrowing your, your defense and your, your top six, especially is just so there's so much value in that. Cause it's just such a, such an impactful part of your team. And it's so much harder to find those pieces elsewhere goalies are you know every team needs a goalie every team has multiple goalies like they move around um you know special players that fit a specific role in your in your lineup um you know especially on an elc where you're getting tons of value for them if they're performing well at a young age um you know that's that's a that's a really good asset and to me carries with it less risk so um yeah i think i I agree and i mean the canes haven't had a homegrown goalie for a long time which definitely contributed to the team's lack of success Mm -hmm. but plenty of teams have been successful with a goalie that they have not drafted right dubnik did well in uh minnesota for a while Mm -hmm. mrazic and reimer have done fine for the canes you know vegas they've never had right i mean obviously they haven't been in the league really long enough but But again like They've had success with goalies that have not been drafted and developed by the team. Right. So it's not the end-all, be-all. No. 
yeah, and those guys don't come around very often. So, like, you know, if you could find it, great. But, like, how many teams pass on some of those great goalies, too? Like, <laughs> you just don't know. So when they pan out, it's not like a, I told you so. It's like, I mean, yeah, we all acknowledge that there's a chance that that guy ends up like that, but you just don't know. And so it's just, it's not such a sure thing to me, as people yeah, want to I mean, make it sound. Henrik Lundqvist was a seventh round pick. So, right. you know, it, it's it's just you, the draft is literally you being blindfolded. Unless you're picking in the top three, typically. You you have a blindfold put on you, you get spun around three times, and then you try throwing a dart at the dartboard. Mm-hmm. If it sticks, awesome. If not, you know, that's how it works. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. Plenty of teams can find success in the later rounds of the draft, and that those are the teams that stay successful for the long, right? For a longer time is because they can grab. It's like this is why Buffalo isn't doing well, and this right. is a tangent. And I'll just no go off on the tangent. Stop real quick after <laughs> after I say this, but Buffalo, obviously they don't, but most of their drafts just kind of look like they mail it in after the first round, right. Like in 2015, considered one of the deepest draft classes ever, they picked Jack Eichel, and then they have gotten four (laughs) NHL picks or NHL games out of the rest of that draft class. Right. So that's it. And it's not good. Now, granted, they did trade away one player who I think is in the NHL for Anaheim in Brendan Gould, but regardless, it's not good. No. (laughs) It's not. And then you juxtapose that with a team like, I mean, I hate bringing them up, but like the Pittsburgh Penguins, who seem to just find these, I mean, not necessarily late round picks, but I mean, a a third, a fourth, um, you know, you think about a guy like Jake Gensel or, I mean, you could probably look at their roster and like, they're good at, they're good at drafting players and having them come through the system and play for their team. And a lot of them are not first rounders. I mean, obviously their stars are. Uh, for the most part, but like they find a lot of those guys. And so like, look at them. They, they won't go, they will not go away. Like you keep waiting for them to be their window of, you know, playoff opportunity to go away. And it just won't because they keep finding good value. Like the, the draft is set up to create parity. And the only way for the good teams to stay good is by um, making picks that work out in those in those lower picks because that's what you're going to get when you're a good team for a long time and if you can if you can still pull that off and even still as a a team that's maybe not uh you know really high up there or just happens to be a good team with higher picks in the draft i mean you got to make the most of all your picks like they all yeah they're all a player at the end of the day any of them could be an impact player like and that's why the canes first uh 2019 draft was so good is because they got a lot of players. They took 12 picks and swung for upside with, I'd say, all but three or four of those picks. Right. The only picks where I'd say they didn't pick the best player available were Cade Weber, Kevin Wall, and then you could argue that Slepitz and Rizzo weren't the best players available. In my opinion, I would have, you know, I actually, it doesn't even matter, but still, like, Weber projects as an NHL player with some qualities. No idea about Sleppitz. Wall looks okay. And then Rizzo, if you give him enough time, maybe. So like with the Canes drafting, I and this is the Canes 
2020 draft strategy, and it should be for the foreseeable future, is draft upside, take a couple safe picks, but for the most part, you draft the player that you project to be the best NHL player at any given pick. Yep. I'm with you there. I mean, that makes you the best team. Like, And to me, that should be common sense, right? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, if you're at 41 and you're like, you know what? There's a guy that we like just as much or that we project this player to still be available at 50. And you have the opportunity to trade down and maybe add a third round pick. You got to do it. Heck yeah. Because you have then you have more darts to throw at the board. Right. So... I think I wouldn't be surprised to see one of the Canes' second-round picks traded down. They did say um, that it's going to be a little weird not having conversations with the other GMs. Right. I think that was in uh, Michael Smith's article. I think he uh, Don Waddell had a quote there saying, like, you know, you can't just lean over to one NHL GM and say, hey, what about this? and like right. you're gonna actually have to be on the phone. <laughs> yeah, and they are still <laughs> gonna be like, on the clock. You know, like it's not yeah, like you have unlimited. It's gonna be time. like one of those NHL, those older NHL games where you had the phones <laughs> the at the phone. deadline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what it will be like. It was the best product placement ever, where they gave yeah. you all BlackBerry phones because right. that was the thing back the then. Thing. Yeah, yeah, they should get EA Sports to develop like the interface for them for this virtual draft, where they all have that phone <laughs> and that menu system. <laughs> No, because EA would put it behind a paywall. For sure. Yeah, there'd be microtransactions all over the place. You have to pay per <laughs> phone call. <laughs> to pay per draft pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, we have a bundle for you. It's $100. You get two first round picks. And you're like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. man. We're off on a tangent now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, that's the name of this show, dude. Where the Canes train, sometimes the train gets derailed, you know? It happens. Yeah, I get that. That's all right. <laughs> That's just the, the name of the game. Um, but anyway, I want to get um, your thoughts and maybe some bold predictions and not just not just the Hurricanes. And if it's the Hurricanes, cool, great. Um, but just in general. You, I mean, for people that don't know Matt, um, he, he is essentially his own independent scout. Like, I don't know how you do it or how you have the energy to keep up with all of it, but I really respect uh, just how much knowledge you have about so many prospects from all over the world and keeping up with them and kind of just researching a lot. Um, so I want to get your thoughts just in general on like, you know, what are some predictions? Like hit me with some, some bold stuff that, you know, we can say, Oh, you heard it here first. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, something that I've been hoping for and that I think is going to come to be a reality is that the Canes will pick a winger. I really like, uh, I don't want to butcher his name, but I think it's Rodion, Rodion Amirov from Salavat Ilayev, I think is his KHL team. Um, they're not a great KHL team, but let me just pull up his page real quick. He's projected to be the second best Russian in the draft, obviously behind, you know, Askarov. <laughs> But this is a player that I really like. He has three goals in his past two games in the KHL. Right now, five points in eight games. And it's, it's still early on in the season, but considering he had two points in 21 games last year, this is a guy 
who I think you swing for the fences with this pick and don't look back because he is one of those guys that's like a huge upside pick, you know? Mm -hmm. He's a little older, he needs to fill out, but the thing is, his contract is up at the end of the year. You could realistically have him on your either AHL roster or if he's going to continue this track, you could have him on your NHL roster by the fall of next year. Right. So that that would be best case scenario, but I don't see any boom or bust in him. I just see a guy who could become maybe even a top line winger, but at best or at the worst, you know, or not worst, but like NHL projection wise, you're looking at a guy who could be a pretty good scorer on your second line. Yeah. So that's a bold prediction. I don't know if the Canes pick a Russian in the first round. I don't know if they're there yet (laughs) in terms of their scouting department, trusting that. Because, I mean, we finally have a Russian scouting department, mm-hmm. but I don't I don't know if the scouting department will do that. I don't know if they'll go that crazy yet. Jack Quinn would be nice because obviously, you know, he's one of the better goal scorers in the, or in the OHL this past year. The dude's skating isn't great, but everything else about his game screams NHL second right. line player to me. So... I think the Canes pick a winger. I think we, I don't know if we see any huge draft day trades just because a lot of teams are operating on an internal budget because of the flat salary cap. Mm -hmm. If anything, I see the Canes dumping a contract or two at the draft. Yeah, I could see that. Um, uh, bold, another, This one is just me like speculating. Part of me thought about it today, honestly, when I was bored. (laughs) Just thinking like, ah, who's a player that I could see falling like a like how Alex Debrinkat fell in his draft year. And the player that screams just not bust, but guy that falls way further than he should possibly is Noel Gundler. And if you don't know anything about him, he plays for Lilea in the SHL and put up pretty good numbers and the skills are there. Like he has the package of skills that you want in an NHL player. The problem is that he's, he has a really poor effort on the ice. A lot of the time he's not very good away from the puck and he can make some questionable decisions defensively. When he doesn't have the puck on his stick, he's borderline useless, <laughs> and that's a problem. Yeah, I would say so. Um, and a lot of NHL teams are going to see that as attitude issues. I know that those attitude or the reported attitude issues have been like those rumors have been kind of squashed. But this is still somebody who I would be nervous about using a top 50 pick on Mm -hmm. yeah because yes the skills are there and whichever team picks him especially if he falls out of the first round it'll be considered a steal but they're gonna have to work with a guy who is wildly inconsistent inconsistent and not all that good unless he has the puck right so that's my i think that's my boldest prediction is that he'll fall out of the top Uh, I guess 62 players picked in this draft, but I don't know. At the same time, 
anything can happen in the draft. For oh, yeah. all we know, you know, he could be picked in the top 10. Yeah. So, so on the other side of that, and if you don't have an answer for this, it's fine. Is there anybody you think that, you know, is projected maybe later that might jump up a decent amount or could be a surprise in the other direction? Um, it wouldn't shock me to see one of Braden Schneider, Caden Gould fall into the top 10 because teams need defensemen mm-hmm. and there just aren't any in this draft. Yeah. I feel like that happened would, last year with the, who did Detroit pick? Didn't they pick somebody that was kind of surprising and more at cider, but yeah. he's good. He so is like, good. Yeah. It's not like a surprise. And he, he projected as a legitimate top three defensemen on his team. That's good. The difference with Schneider and Ghoul is they project as like fourth and fifth defensemen mm-hmm. at best, like fourth or fifth. And so Which is that's, a lot to use a first rounder on, or a high, yeah. a high first rounder at least. But since there are basically zero defensemen in this draft <laughs> right. after Sanderson, I mean, there are, there are plenty, but there are ones that, not ones that have first round upside especially, and there are a few that have NHL qualities, but are by no means polished. Right. So there's a lot of players that are going to require multiple years of development. So yeah. those are guys that I could see going up. Granted, that's only like a five. Let's see. I mean, Ghoul is ranked 21st for elite prospects. Braden mm-hmm. Schneider isn't ranked, I don't believe. And so, like, it's only a move of, like, a couple picks. So it wouldn't surprise me. But as for players that could move up in the draft, other than that, I mean, I've heard like some scouts were talking about how NHL scouts seem to think that a player like... um Oh God, what's his name? Ridley Grieg is going to go in the first round because NHL teams like his size and compete. Mm. I think that would be a terrible first round pick. Like, don't get me wrong. I like Grieg as a player. He's a good checking forward, but you mm-hmm. don't take a first round pick I'm on checking a checking forward. forward. Yeah. Like, Grieg projects as a Brock McGinn that's yeah. about four inches taller for Great. me. There's there's players that or there's scouts that think like a one of the Swedish defensemen like Emil Andre could go into the first round, which I could see. Um, a player that I think could go a lot lower as well is, especially after uh, his new shoulder surgery, is Justin Barron. Barron was a player who was once projected to be one of the top defensemen in this draft class, and he's fallen out of the top, out of the first round. And some scouts rank him in the top in the top forty still. Others, uh, let me just pull it up real quick. I think the lowest is fifty fourth. Some scouts are still pretty. Oh no, seventy first. Mm. So that's like middle of the third round right, right. there. So. I don't know. It's just not a good draft for defensemen. But the no. thing is, teams are going to take defensemen yep. early I because agree. after that, like they, they're all the quote good defensemen are going to be gone. Mm-hmm. So I think the Carolina Hurricanes take 
a goalie at some point. I don't think it'll be until the third or fourth round, or the third or fifth round, because we don't have a fourth round pick, unless we trade down and get multiple picks. Right. So, I don't yeah. know. any. Like, there's, there's not a whole lot of bold predictions to be had right now. I think I Corey Pronman's mock draft was really good. It had the Canes picking four wingers, one center, and three defensemen. I think that roughly looks like what the Hurricanes draft could look like. Obviously, there might be a trade here and there that could throw things a little out of whack. But the Canes need winger prospects, and they this will be the draft to get a winger. Yeah. I feel like they focused a lot on centers lately, adding to that, which is good. I mean, it's a yeah, it's very great. important position. Uh, but I feel like they have a, a good uh, nest of those guys. So, um, you know, you mentioned Corey Pronman. I think let's just go ahead and go through this. I, I, I'm i a big fan of, of Corey, and, um, you know, he is very knowledgeable on stuff. And I always, you know, he's the first kind of guy I read when I'm looking to kind of prepare myself for a, a draft or just thoughts on, you know, our team's prospects or any prospects. Uh, he's just a good guy to go to with the athletic. And like you mentioned, he put together a mock draft for, you know, the entire draft, which is just, I mean, I can't fathom just amount of work going into that. seems like so much work. Um, but I guess he's probably got his list and he just kind of goes by it and kind of picks on needs as well. So, um, Let's look through his picks and take specifically at who the Hurricanes picked. You know, I don't think people mm-hmm. who listen to this show will be too interested in who, like, you know, the Montreal Canadiens are picking. But um, starting off in the first round at 13, he has the Hurricanes picking Jack Quinn, uh, who is a winger in the OHL. And, you know, we talked a little bit about him. He's He's got, like you said, probably not the, the greatest skater. There's, there's, I think a guy like a Jarvis or uh, an Emirov or Emirov, I hope I'm saying that somewhat right, uh, are probably a little quicker guys. Uh, I think that Jack Quinn has, you know, really a great shot. Like he's a goal scorer. So mm-hmm. he's going to, I feel like for him to have success at the NHL level, he needs to be really good positionally and maybe physically. Like a guy who can isn't going to beat you with speed to areas, but can beat you with like, I don't know, intelligence, I guess, or like thinking like being one step ahead of the play and then using his, uh, his just wet offensive weapons that are just like, he will beat goalies, you know, if he gets opportunities, he will, um, or a power play guy and stuff like that. So, um, you know, we already talked a little bit about him, but what do you think about Jack or, and do you think that there's anyone else kind of surrounding him that might be a better fit or uh, you know like do you agree with those kind of comparisons of those other two guys yeah I mean you, you mentioned that Quinn um, he's not going to beat you with speed and I'd, I'd argue that he'll beat you with everything else though mm-hmm. yeah he's got <laughs> like, all the other skills for sure and he's not a bad I, skater he's just probably not a he's not like a very above average like he's not a super noticeably guy it, at he's his an level. average skater right. and the only issue that I see with Quinn is that he's he was four or five days removed from being in the um, 2019 draft class. Mm-hmm. So he's pretty much a 2019 prospect, if that makes any sense. Right. He's basically and the in same his as draft drafting an year, overage guy. Yeah. In his draft year, he had 
12 goals, 20 assists, and 32 points in 61 games. In 62 games this year, he had 89 points, including 52 goals. Obviously, that's a huge explosion, but for a guy that could, that is, you know, technically or like very close to being an overage player, mm-hmm. you kind of expect that pro- that production, mm-hmm. which is why I lean a little bit more towards Amirov. And that's, again, just me, because this is a guy that has high uh, IQ, has that goal-scoring ability, and I don't want to read any quotes from uh, Pramen just because I want people to support his work. He, he does a lot of great right. work. But he he's a great skater, and yeah, I, I honestly, I'd pick him. He's not the biggest player and will definitely need to bulk up because he's only 168 pounds, at least according to Elite Prospects. However, he's not much older. He's actually only a couple weeks older, so again... I don't know, man. I really don't. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough pick. And again, going back to the size, like at this point with the people that the Hurricanes have making decisions, I don't know that, you know, I think they're comfortable picking guys of almost any size, knowing that. I mean, they picked Dom Fensori, so. Right. They clearly don't view size as a determinant of talent, which absolutely should not. Right, and it used to be. It seemed like the Hurricanes, and especially Francis's first few years, I feel like, making picks. And, you know, there's credit to be said here because the Hurricanes probably needed some size. So it seemed like every guy the Canes were drafting at one point was like 6'3 or taller Um, and, you know, closer to 180 or more, which for those guys at that age is like, you know, that's the equivalent of they'll be a 200-pound NHL player. Um but now they can't. They kind of seem to say, you know, I mean, obviously there's some of the most physical players in the league, man, are you know five ten. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I don't think. Like I think that it can be beneficial, but it can also slow you down sometimes too. Uh, you're yeah. a bigger target. Like there's a lot of things that go back and forth. I don't know that size is as much of a factor as people m- make it out to be until you get, you know, right in front of the net, obviously, or anything like that. Like then it becomes beneficial, but. Yeah, I mean, you look at like players who have been able to adapt to the physicality of the league while being under six feet tall. The two players that come to mind for me, one is Brad Marchand, mm-hmm. and the other is Travis Konechny. Mm-hmm. Two players who find ways to adapt to the physical side of the game while being under six feet tall. Right. It's it's clearly not a requirement to be six feet tall to be a physical <laughs> yes. player. And right. Jamison Reese even. Yeah. He's, he's like five ten mm-hmm. and still you know, still manages to hold his own physically. Mm-hmm. Granted it gets him into trouble, but you know, <laughs> yeah, he's whatever. Been suspended a couple times, but looking past that. But so it, drafting a player that's either under six feet tall or a little underweight right now doesn't matter because when you're drafting 13th overall you're looking in the long term you're looking Mm -hmm. you know three four years in the future and amirov fits the bill perfectly there in my opinion Mm -hmm. so that's that's at least me but i think that i don't hate the quinn pick 
and I definitely wouldn't hate to see his name or hear his name called by the Hurricanes. But if I'm going for upside, I'm going for Amirov. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. Um, you know, like you said, I'm not like offended by either one of those picks. Um, there's a lot of guys to choose from, honestly, at that spot. Like you, like we've talked about, like you're kind of outside the range of like sure things, and there becomes more of a group of guys that, to me, are acceptable. Um, and you know, those two guys are definitely ones that I would be comfortable with. But um, you know, the more I kind of read about him, I do, I do like, um, I, I think I, I agree with you. I see the upside in Amirov, and you know, um, whether or not the Hurricanes are comfortable, like you said, picking a. A Russian in the first round, I guess we will see. Um, but yeah. you know, I mean, hey, it's 2020, man. Yeah, anything, anything goes. is possible. That's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, let's go to uh, the second round. And the Hurricanes actually have two picks in the second round. One of them from, I believe, it's the New York Rangers at 41. And at 41, Corey has got the Hurricanes picking a very French name that I hope I don't butcher, and that would be Jeremy. Poirier. <laughs> um, yeah, something like that. Yeah, he's got some accents over it, you know. He's fancy. He's a fancy Canadian lad. Um, <laughs> he is, uh, you know, an average-sized defenseman, I guess I would say, although for an 18-year-old, he's probably a pretty big dude. 6'1", 190 is what I see him listed at here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, do you do you have any thoughts on him as a player, a guy you've paid attention to at all? I mean, this is a guy that, Clearly, quite a few teams are high on. I mean, or quite a few scouts are high on. St. John sucked this past season, (laughs) as they have for the past couple years. But this this is a player who, in his second QMJHL season, had 53 points in 64 games. Yeah. On a bad team. And that's, that's, he's clearly offensively, gifted he he clearly has the ability to be a transition defenseman and to be a player that can really make your team pay for making a mistake in the neutral zone and he's the guy who he can be a a blackout or not a blackout a breakout player excuse me he he's a player that i could see the canes taking a look at i i don't know if he has jake bean level upside that's a player that I would consider, like, from a Canes fan that maybe doesn't watch a whole lot of prospects or mm-hmm. NHL. Like, I could see him being sort of like a Jake Bean type guy where you're looking to get offense out of him. Obviously, you know, defense. Like, I'm looking at, like, a quick scouting report here. My dude has no no notes on his defensive game. Right. I have only seen how good he is at breaking the puck out and all that sort of so, stuff. So... Usually That's definitely means, a concern, but I yeah. mean, you're if assuming in two years Ryan Warsawski is still the coach of the Chicago Wolves, mm-hmm. which he shouldn't be. He should at least be behind an NHL bench in some capacity by that point. Right. He he's one of the best coaches at developing a defenseman or developing anybody because he plays the defenseman to their strengths while also helping them improve. And so I think that this could be a good pick. This is one of those picks where you swing for the fences and hope mm-hmm. you land 
at least a guy who can power be a quarterback on your second power play unit or something, you know, like right. you're hoping that you at least get some power play minutes out of this guy. Yeah. And I think the hurricanes have picked a couple guys and even last year, um, you know, but just in recent memory, um, some defensemen that kind of play that kind of game that like you hope can hold their own defensively, but you're looking for, you know, a strong offensive upside. And I feel like those tend to be guys that you need, um, but like it's a it's a type of player that it's a difficult transition to the NHL. I feel like um, so having more of them is a good thing to give you the likelihood of actually seeing one of those guys you know play for your team one day. So um, I think it would make sense to to pick up a guy that kind of plays that style, especially if he's got that level of a offensive upside. You know everything I've seen, he just seems like a guy who's good at getting the puck out of his zone and, and turning it into a chance, which is uh, you know I mean very important part of the defensive game especially in today's game yeah i agree all right let's I mean, take you have to move the puck to be an nhl defenseman yeah it's not even an option like it used to be we used to call people you know offensive defensive two-way i mean if you're not a two-way defenseman you're not in the league <laughs> like yeah. or you're on your way out you know there's not a whole lot of stay-at-home guys you even look at a guy like joel edmondson a lot of people call him a stay-at-home guy i'm like my man had like what seven goals last season like you know he he could yeah. do stuff. He scored on a breakaway, uh, his own rebound. So <laughs> yeah, he could do everything except defend, which is what he was paid to do. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, nah, man, take your shots where they're where they're there. <laughs> <laughs> it was on a tee for me. I had to take it. It was, yeah. And you know, he won't be around anymore. So it doesn't matter what people think. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um, at 50, I do like the next pick at fifty-three. This mock draft. Yep, he's got uh, Vasily. Oh, Panamar, Panamar, yeah, yeah, these these freaking guys with their names, man. Um, but yes, I agree with you. I do think that this is um, in line with someone the Hurricanes would be interested in taking a look. I'll let you kind of take the reins um, on on kind of what that player looks like. Yeah, I mean, again, this is a player that played on a crappy team. Um, I almost said a different word. Um, That's fine, man. It's uncensored. You say whatever word. Shawinigan <laughs> sucks. They they are not good, and they have good prospects on their team. Like they have a couple players that have NHL potential, and Ponomaryev is quick. He's quote undersized, but again, he's five eleven. Like that's not undersized. Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty normal. Like, yeah, there's the difference in the level. Like you want to know the difference in skill between a guy that's five eleven and six feet tall? None, because it doesn't matter. It's one so inch, like, like we yeah. made it up. We made the numbers up. <laughs> yeah, like great. His wingspan might be slightly longer, but it doesn't affect the game in any way. No. So I, I've always been the type of person, or at least like in recent years, I've been the type of person that believes that size doesn't determine skill. And I absolutely think that this would be a good pick from the Canes because they get somebody that plays a two-way game. And judging from, I mean, the, his production, it's not great there. I know that in the QMJHL, offense is kind of everything. So if he's not able to contribute a little more offensively, I would question his offensive upside. But this is a guy that, you know what, he might be on your second or third line in the future, mm -hmm. or he might not. This, I mean, this is a player that is looking like he might be a good 2A NHL forward. Now, whether that's on your second line 
or whether that's on your third or fourth line, I don't know yet. I honestly, I don't even know if this season's going to be a very good tell as to how these prospects are going to develop just because most it's of these so guys weird. haven't played since March. Yeah, it's going to be a weird year. I'm looking at like, his... I'm giving, uh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm giving all prospects in general like a 10-game grace period. <laughs> right. To, like, whether that's preseason, whether that's regular season, I'm giving them a grace period to kind of get back up to speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think that uh, he is a guy that kind of fit, like, he's he's basically talked about as a as a good two-way forward right that in a, in a very traditional sense of a 200 foot game you know mm-hmm. comfortable winning battles like a guy that back checks consistently and does it well um and his <laughs> the first sentence in his notes on elite prospects i wrote this down because i it, it stood it stuck, stood out to me the motor on this kid is unrelenting is what it says and yeah. uh anytime somebody uses the word unrelenting like you know they mean business like a fast guy who, you know, isn't afraid to get dirty, back checks well, and, you know, has some offensive upside and to what degree, I guess we'll figure that out. But, um, you know, at this at this pick and this this, you know, fifty three, I feel like a guy like that definitely makes sense and I would be I would be very excited for a player like that. Yeah, and I mean Rod Brindamore, obviously, you know, when you're looking at the Hurricanes draft strategy, you have to also look at Rod Brindamore's system. Mm-hmm. Who fits the system well? Like, who can you see being a Rod Brindamore type player? Absolutely. If this kid has a good motor, absolutely he's a Rod Brindamore player. Because yeah. he's not going to give up. So, right. yeah. I think that's a good pick. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, I'm going to go. I'm gonna go one more because I'm. What I'm not gonna do is sit here all night and just read draft picks. I think that that's not entertaining after a certain point. Not, it's but, not productive. Productive after it's the not, third round because I know not. zero. Yeah, of the exactly. After this. We'll just be like, well, this guy looks like he has pretty good stats. Um, but I will <laughs> go one more because we got a question from at Minibama on Twitter who says, "Who do you think Carolina grabs with pick number 69?" And to be honest with you, when I first read that question, I thought it was a joke, and then I went back and looked and realized the Hurricanes do have pick number 69. And it's very cool. They got it from Buffalo. I was like, they don't have pick number 69. This guy's just throwing me through a loop here. Um, I would go out to say that whoever they do pick will probably be very nice. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I think it's against the law to pick a player at 69 that isn't good because then if it's not a nice prospect, you can't make the jokes. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And Promen has has them picking Daniil Gushin at number 69. Nine. So there's the answer to your question, according to Corey Pronman, who knows more than I do. Uh, but Matt, who also <laughs> knows more than I do, maybe you have some thoughts on uh, this another another Russian guy. Well, you're picking somebody who is coming from a USHL program. True. That has developed Andrei Svechnikov and a number of other good Russian prospects. Um, this is a player that. You're you're he's undersized and actually this time he's yeah five he's eight, like five eight so. yeah <laughs> yeah and he's actually going to be playing in the OHL with Niagara next year which uh, Niagara stunk this past year but they have a few pieces that I think could make for a solid NH- 
or a solid OHL team next year. Gushin is purely an offensive forward. You're not going to get a whole lot of defense from him, but you are getting somebody who can just find ways to create offense. And um, last, uh, when I did a mock draft on Twitch the other night, um, I was talking with Brandon, the person I was doing the mock draft with, and he's super high on Gushin because of his ability to create offense. And mm-hmm. so, you know what? If the Canes can figure out how to navigate the in like the raw talent and how to maybe polish him off a little bit as a prospect and get him to being because I think when you're drafting this player, you're hoping that he can be more than just a third line player. Mm-hmm. Cuz the Canes as it stands right now, their third line's more of a checking line and that's right. not Gushin. So you're hoping that this guy can be a second round pick. So with this, how do the Hurricanes get second line upside out of their third round pick? And that's mm-hmm. going to be the biggest test. Right. One thing I will mention before we uh, move on to the next topic is that Corey Pronman had us drafting another player who is 20 in the fifth round from the SHL mm-hmm. or from Sweden. And that's where we picked Jesper Selgren. I don't know if it's going to work the same, but Waddell seems pretty high on Selgren and Dominic Bach for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them going to Sweden for another overage player or even a double overage player in this draft. That's another prediction. There you go. Here. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's likely to happen. Um, all right. So there's another, another question answered. Um, definitely go check out, uh, Corey Pronman's stuff. If you're, if you're curious, um, you know, I'll leave it as a tease. Check out the rest of his picks. He has for the hurricanes. Um, you can see who he has slated in the first round in general, if you're interested in, you know, who the best players might look like. Um, he's a great guy to get knowledge from. So definitely go check his stuff out. Um, the last question I have on Twitter here is from at McWinnon. And it says, do you think that we get something splashy day two this year in the draft? And a, yeah, splashy. splashy. I like that. I like that uh, adjective um, or adverb or whatever it is. I don't know. Not an English major. Go ahead and put that disclaimer out there. I'm not either. That's why I'm going for marketing. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But anything um, splashy, as in like a big trade or, I mean, maybe just a pick that makes a noise. Um, you know, we talked about some guys who might fall, might go up, but... Let's you know we I do agree to an extent with less conversation between GMs. There will likely be less trades than normal, but um, you know, do you think maybe somebody makes a big move at the draft? I mean, yeah, I don't see it happening day one. I think everybody's going to be navigating the virtual format. I yeah. think where we're going to see most of our talk is day two. But even then, teams aren't going to be able to interact with people after the draft. They're not going to be able to go to a bar and like discuss with other GMs. They're not going to be able to right. talk with their scouting staff in person. So it's going to be weird. And part of me thinks that NHL GMs might use this weekend, or I guess now, the weekend before. So when you're watching this, I could <laughs> be out happened. of date. 
I, I on it, or when you're listening to this, I honestly think that teams might have already made their moves. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to tell, and this is Don Waddell kind of mentioned, or at least alluded to this on the Zoom, where we don't really know how it's going to work. Like teams are trying to figure out their budgets, they're trying to figure out their draft strategy, and everybody's just kind of in everything's in limbo right now. I think we do see trades on day two because NHL GMs only have a set amount of time to make trades. I wouldn't be surprised to see a team swing for Alex Petrangelo at all um, to try and get those extra couple days of negotiating rights. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see an Oliver Ekman Larson trade. Hmm. Um, Because I mean, to, uh, it's it just, it's looking like Arizona's moving they're in a looking, different direction, yeah, they're just looking which shed. they should. Mm-hmm. What they need to do is look into developing prospects because they can't do that. <laughs> right. But anyways, <laughs> my <laughs> prediction is that teams like Florida and Arizona have the biggest drafts because they have new GMs. Right. Looking to make moves. I, no, and Buffalo too. I think Buffalo, yeah. Buffalo fired like half their scouting department. Man, Kevin Adams just means business. <laughs> Good. I mean, well, for what it's worth, Buffalo's scouting department hadn't really gotten them all that far no, in they... years, so <laughs> no, not at all. They if picked there was the ever obvious a... player in the first round every year, yeah. and then we're just like, eh, and then missed. Whatever. Yeah. So yeah. if there was ever a, like a you know firing with cause for a scouting department, it was the resume of the Buffalo Sabers drafts over the last few years. Yeah. But yeah. Um, It'll be it'll be interesting, um, you know, the virtual draft. Uh, is, you think it's something that sticks, or as soon as we can, you think they go right back to the you know in person at, in a city venue type thing? Next year. I mean, I guess I would say as soon as they're like allowed to do it by local or uh, national standards. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. The NHL like. They handled the bubble really well, mm-hmm. and then teams immediately did not handle the bubble, seeing how Tampa, <laughs> or like, they did not handle post-bubble life well, seeing <laughs> yeah, Tampa's cup celebration. So, yeah. I mean, in order for the NHL to move back to in-person events as big as like the draft, the All-Star Game, and stuff like that, we'd have to be living in a totally different environment, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I really don't. And I know that's like a non-answer. No, it's fine. Non-answer. But still I mean, <laughs> this is also, you're also talking to somebody who more than likely cares about the prospects more than the NHL team at some times. <laughs> so there like, you go. That's why you're on the draft <laughs> episode, you know? Yeah. Right. And <laughs> And also, I'd like to point out that uh, most of my answers to questions are just fancy ways of me saying, I don't really know. And I just dress yeah. it up in a way that makes you know people maybe think, hey, this guy might know what he's talking about. I don't yeah. at all. So I'm just a guy, you know? Isn't that, we're, we're all just people. We're, we're all just people trying to make everyone think we know more than we do. Um, oh, yeah. And maybe that's a good place to wrap it up. But Matt, I want to give you the opportunity to, um, you know, plug your stuff, your socials, anything you're working on. Let's hear about it. So right now, uh, you can find me. The best place to find me is at Kane's Prospects on Twitter. 
Um, if you really want to follow at Kane's Netfront for some really crappy Kane's content every once in a while, whenever I feel like it, you can follow that as well. But don't expect, you know, a a tier content. You know, like <laughs> you're getting like C tier at best. Um, but like what I'm working on right now for the blog is I am working on a a couple articles one is an area of growth that i'd like to see from each canes prospect that'll be out after the draft obviously once we find out who the new class of class of canes prospects is going to be i am getting quotes from a few different people that aren't canes fans that follow different prospects that so so far i have quotes on some of our college guys some of our finnish players and then hopefully some of our ohl players so That'll be a fun one to come out maybe a week or so after the draft. Um, I'm also currently grading each team from the 2015 draft because it's considered one of the best drafts of this century. Definitely the best best draft of the last decade. So Mm -hmm. I'm looking into which teams uh, did not do well. Spoiler, so far it's Chicago and Detroit. Mm. Wow, Um, what a coincidence that those happen to be two of the worst teams right now (laughs) and i hate to break it to you canes fans evgeny svechnikov even if he comes here he's not gonna be good (laughs) did i say that out loud i'm sorry barely it's okay we'll we'll... but yeah (laughs) i also have a canes fan discord server where basically it's just me shouting into the void about prospects and a few people occasionally responding (laughs) the goal for it is to try and make it a thing where Canes fans can get together. We can talk, we can share different content from different social platforms. Cause obviously on Twitter, we're limited to pretty much just Twitter. So, you know, anytime anybody sees an Instagram post about a prospect or something, it would be cool if that were a thing. I'm also planning on doing, at least if I'm free, a reaction to the draft where I get in the voice channels there with a bun- with a couple people or whoever's available and we just kind of talk about the draft in real time. So if that's interesting to you, just shoot me a message or a mention on Twitter. I'll send you the Discord link. It doesn't cost anything because I'm not trying to make money off of this. It's literally just for fun. So that's it. What a There's guy. It <laughs> <laughs> is a lot. That's awesome, man. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of your stuff and uh, any of that stuff you have links for, shoot it my way. I'll gladly throw it in the description of this episode so if you're listening here check the description for um you know some links to check out matt's stuff and uh you know as always i appreciate your knowledge and gracing the show with someone who actually knows what they're talking about which you know listeners probably won't be used to and it's fine that's good it's a good thing (laughs) Uh, Uh, i appreciate you all having me on of course man all right well we'll talk to you soon and let's hope for a great draft on uh tuesday oh yeah all right well there's your episode hope you enjoyed it again thanks to matt appreciate it a lot uh, appreciate all the knowledge and everything knows way more than i do so it's nice to have someone who knows what they're talking about coming on the show uh, you know just updates the brand so thanks again for listening please go check out the single please go check out the youtube videos all that sort of stuff i really really appreciate it follow at kane's train pod on twitter follow at HockeyPodNet, and i'll be back monday um with a brand new episode Thank you.